1: The Tea Biz podcast delivers tea news that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines, with commentary and cultural trends, hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals
0: and enthusiasts worldwide. Think of us as a digital caravan of storytellers, bringing authentic, authoritative, and exclusive stories to you weekly from the tea lands. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines Health Symposium reveals a plethora of science based benefits of tea. COVID influenced consumer behaviors present new opportunities for the tea industry. And Sri Lanka tea exports decline 10%. Plus, South Asia editor and producer Arvinda Anantheraman begins a two-part series on realigning the marketing of Indian tea. More in a minute, but first, this important message.
2: What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Keilani Valley, Tallahassee Lee. Boga Wanthalawa, Harana, and Elliptia Tea Estates. Support Save the Children Sri Lanka.
0: A 30-year series of scientific symposiums on tea and human health periodically showcase astounding advances in global research on the benefits of tea. Symposium chair, Dr. Jeffrey Bloomberg said that evidence presented during the sixth symposium this week reveals results ranging from suggestive to compelling about the benefits of tea on cancer, cardiometabolic disease, cognitive performance, and immune function. Quote, there is a growing body of research from around the world demonstrating that drinking tea can enhance human health In many ways, said Bloomberg, Ph.D., an active professor emeritus at the Friedman School of Nutrition Science and Policy at Tufts University. Quote, true teas, which include black, green, white, long, and dark, can contribute significantly to the promotion of public health. End quote. The online event hosted by the Tea Council of the U.S., was attended by 660 globally, and is available for review online. Co-sponsors include the American Cancer Society, American Institute for Cancer Research, American Nutrition Association, American Herbal Products Association, the Osher's Center for Integrative Medicine at Harvard Medical School, and the Linus Pauling Institute at Oregon State University. Findings, in brief, by condition, include immunity. Quote, tea may help support your immune system and increase your body's resistance to illness. End quote, finds Dayoung Wu at Tufts University. He said, in the event you do become sick, tea can help your body respond to illness in a more efficient way by ridding itself of the infection and may also alleviate its severity when they happen, end quote. Cognitive Function There is strong evidence that tea and its constituents seem to be beneficial under conditions of stress, explains Professor Louise Dye at the University of Leeds. The most profound cognitive domain that tea seems to act upon is attention and alertness, she says. With these effects on attention, tea is an optimal beverage of choice during a time of elevated stress and burnout worldwide. Prevention of cognitive decline. It is estimated that 40 to 50% of dementia could be prevented through changes in lifestyle factors. In a review of published research on tea and cognitive decline, Jonathan Hudson at Edith Cohen University explains that, quote, There is growing evidence that as little as one to two cups of tea daily could significantly reduce risk of vascular dementia and potentially Alzheimer's disease. End quote. Cancer prevention. Higher intakes of tea may reduce the risk of some cancers. There is evidence that tea flavonoids may act as antioxidant, anti and anti-inflammatory mechanisms as well, modifying the profile of the gut microbiota. Tea is a beverage rich in flavonoids, which are bioactive compounds with several anti-carcinogenic properties in experimental studies. Suggestive evidence indicates tea consumption may reduce the risk of biliary tract, breast, endometrial, liver, and oral cancer. Quote, while more research needs to be done to determine the exact dosage, the conclusion we can share is that higher intakes of tea consumption may reduce the risk of some forms of cancer, says Raul Zamora at Idabel Research Institute in Barcelona, Spain tea, and cardiovascular health. Tea consumption may be inversely associated with adverse cardiometabolic outcomes, according to results from population studies. Based on an extensive variety of scientific research designs, two cups of unsweetened tea per day has the potential to mitigate cardiometabolic disease risk and progression in adults. Quote, When you look at all the different biomarkers and mechanisms that tea is affecting, this bountiful beverage is one which consumers can easily add to better their diet and create a healthier and longer life for themselves, explains Professor Taylor Wallace at George Mason University, who is CEO of the Think Healthy group. Visit t-biz.com for more detailed information on the above. Business Insight. In February, the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization's intergovernmental group on tea established a new working group on tea and health co-chaired by China and Canada with members that include representatives from India, Indonesia, Kenya, Sri Lanka, the United Kingdom, and the U.S. COVID presents new opportunities for tea by Rupak Goswami. Long-term changes in consumer behavior brought by COVID-19 offer new opportunities for the tea sector, say experts. This was the general consensus of panelists at the recently concluded 24th session of the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization's Intergovernmental Group on Tea. Government and association leaders from more than two dozen countries participated in a virtual meeting in February to assess the current state of affairs of the global tea market and to discuss emerging issues, market developments in selected tea producing and consuming countries and the impact of COVID-19 on tea. The COVID-19 pandemic and the measures that were taken by governments to contain it harmed both tea supply and demand. Farmers were affected by disruptions in obtaining critical inputs and with fewer plucking rounds that saw reduced output. Thousands of retailers closed tea shops and restaurants, and those surviving sold much less tea worldwide during extended lockdowns. The pandemic also fostered the widespread adoption of digital solutions, which ranged from buyers and sellers arranging virtual garden tours due to travel restrictions and brokers joining virtual tea auctions, to the expansion of online tea education. Tea brands that previously sold tea in bulk embraced direct-to-consumer marketing globally increasing selections online. In a report, IGGT writes that, quote, while the COVID-19 pandemic and the measures taken to contain it had only limited effects on tea markets, namely in terms of production and trade, there appear to be longer-term shifts in consumer preferences. With increasing incomes per capita, demand for tea is increasing in many development and emerging economies. However, more mature markets can be characterized by three main trends in tea consumption. First, increasing competition from herbal teas. Second, demand for more variety in the traditional tea market. And third, increasing demand for sustainably sourced products peter f goji president of the tea association of the usa told tbiz quote as far as tea was concerned the pandemic was a mixed blessing as reported last year a qualitative study sponsored by the tea association found that consumers turned to tea during those difficult times this trend continued in 2021 Tea's perception as being an enabler for de-stressing as well as providing a feeling of centeredness occurred during these anxious times. Quote, This complements tea's perception as a plant-based, healthful drink, consumed for its variety of benefits, rooted in its high flavonoid content. In fact, several new research papers were published in 2020 and 2021, illustrating tea's extraordinary ability to act as a booster of the human immune system, he said. The demographic groups embracing these trends were college-age, Gen Z, and millennials. Quote, these two cohorts are the largest and most influential, so we anticipate these trends supporting tea consumption going forward, said Goji. Sri Lanka reported a 10% decline in tea exports in March due to a combination of lower production and disruptions in logistics following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Export volume was down by 6.2 million kilos to 63.7 million kilos for the quarter ending March, an 8.9% decline compared to the same period last year. Shipments to Russia fell 15% by volume during the first quarter, and shipments to Ukraine ceased. Iraq increased imports by 75%, and is now the top importer of Ceylon tea, followed by the United Arab Emirates, which increased tea imports by 57%. Prices were deceptively high, as the FOB average in March was a record 1,045 rupees per kilo, the highest in any calendar month, and topping February 2022's average of 962 per kilo. Prices a year ago in March 2021 averaged 950 rupees. Tea trades in U.S. dollars, however, making 1,000 worth of rupees this year, only $2.94 per kilo. In March, the country's central bank in Colombo imposed an upper exchange limit of 230 rupees to the dollar, effectively devaluing the currency by about 15%, and at the same time imposed limits on hundreds of imported products. The government is experiencing an unprecedented financial crisis that has led to mass protests as food inflation hit 30% in March, after averaging less than 7% for the past 13 years. There is no shortage of buyers of the roughly 30 million kilos of tea that Sri Lanka normally sells to Russia and the 4 million kilos imported annually by Ukraine. Shipments to Azerbaijan increased by 17% and imports to Iran increased by 27% according to the Sri Lanka Exporters Association. Shipments to Turkey, Libya, China, Saudi Arabia, and Germany also helped to offset the quantities normally imported by the Russian Federation and Ukraine. Packet T experienced the sharpest decline. Bulk tea exports increased, and exports of tea bags were down slightly. Arvinda and antherman in, in Bengaluru reports on this week's tea auction prices.
2: India tea price report for the week ending April twenty third, twenty twenty two. A comparison between sales 16 for 2022 and 21 for North India shows a marked decrease in the volume of tea sold this year. And this is seen most significantly in CTC leaf and dust, and to some extent in orthodox leaf and dust. The exception is Darjeeling tea, which has seen higher volumes for sales 16 this year, with a carryover from 2021. The average prices are higher than last year, most significantly for CTC dust and Darjeeling tea. An All India comparison for sale week 16 between 2021 and 2022 shows a significant decrease for CTC dust alone. In prices, sale 16 saw a strong demand for orthodox tea in Kolkata, with the Middle East actively participating. Buyers were active for Darjeeling tea as well and average prices for top Darjeelings were in the range of $13 to $21, an increase from last week. Gohati saw good demand for leaf, although prices dropped from sale 15. In the south, Cochin saw good demand for orthodox and CTC, both leaf and dust. Kunur saw good uptake of all tea types with a sale average of 84%. And exporters and major packeteers were active.
0: And now, a word from our sponsor.
1: QTrade understands that a successful tea blend goes beyond the creative fusion of appearance, aroma and flavour. Our multi-award winning product development team is passionate about converting natural ingredients into sensory experiences that customers crave. Every recipe is formulated with a commercial backbone of dependable quality sourcing with a pricing structure that supports a safe, regulated, profitable, and scalable blend. Q-Trade meets every brand's retail, food service, and e-commerce need. For more information, visit our website QTradeteas.com.
0: This week, TBiz travels to Bengaluru, where South Asia editor and producer Arvinda Anantharaman begins a two-part series on realigning the marketing of Indian tea. India produces 20% of the world's tea. Production, however, has stagnated for years. Costs are up, prices are flat. Professional tasters report a sharp decline in quality. Marketing tea to domestic consumers is complicated, but promising. Indians consume 90% of the tea grown there, but mainly purchase lower grades. Per capita consumption is modest at 840 grams due to a preference for tea in blends. But tea is stocked in nearly every household, and Indians drink an average of two cups of tea per day. Till recently, India exported virtually all its best teas. Tea discovery there is discouraged as imports from China, Taiwan, and Japan are expensive due to high tariffs. But rising affluence is overcoming these obstacles. Indian legislators are currently considering a draft tea promotion and development bill that will remove colonial era provisions regulating tea and redirect the Tea Board of India's resources to expand existing markets and promote tea domestically. In this report, TeaBiz explores the challenges and opportunities of marketing Indian tea by examining The legacy of marketing tea as a blended, heavily spiced, low-quality, commodity beverage for the masses, the rise of hundreds of direct-to-consumer DTC tea brands that rely on e-commerce as a promising and accessible retail platform, and expanding choices available to tea lovers and how those preferences have moved beyond shy. We end the two-part series with the questions needed to solve the mammoth task of rebranding the industry and realigning the domestic market towards quality tea.
2: We spoke to several industry stakeholders, industry veterans, tea producers, startup founders, tea room owners and brand historians to understand how tea marketing has been shaped in the past and where we stand now. This is what Jagjit Kandal, industry veteran and currently country head, IDH, the Sustainable Trade Initiative, has to say about the problem of perception.
1: What has changed in T-Marketing? That's the question which we need to ask ourselves and, and to me, there has been no great major earth-shattering change, right? Yeah, we went from dabbas, boxes to polypacks and stuff like that. but really the image of tea has not changed at all, right? And that's, I think, that's the basis of a lot of the problems that the industry has.
2: Price became a factor in sales, trumping taste. Brands fought on price.
1: I think marketers need to take some of that blame because what they've done to tea is they've made it a common man's drink. They have, it's been marketed as the cheapest drink, right? Now, when you... Market anything as cheap, it's going to be very difficult to change that perception in people's mind and then tell them to come and pay more for it. So it, it was a short term strategy at whenever this whole marketing scheme started. But that's the basis of what needs to change. It.
2: Across the country, orthodox tea is not consumed by the masses. South India in particular favors dust grey teas, but every producer and every brand owner talks about how the per cup cost between the mediocre tea and a higher quality tea differs by only a few rupees. The point is convincing, but that message has not been communicated to consumers. Seventy years ago, few Indians had ever tasted tea. In contrast, the Chinese have kept tea in their homes for 5000 years. Like other plantation colonies, tea was cultivated in India to cater to demand in Europe. Wars and economic slumps disrupted trade, leading to a glut of tea that forced England to find new markets. The British turned expertly to India's domestic population, marketing aggressively and creating a culture of tea. It was so successful, that tea is now an Indian legacy with deep cultural connotations. In 1960, India exported 195 million kilos of tea and consumed 115 million kilos. Ten years later, exports plateaued at 200 million kilos, while domestic consumption doubled to 212 million kilos. Today, India produces over 1,000 million kilos per year, and Indian consumers drink 90% of the tea it produces. One would expect that this has reduced the producers' dependence on the export market. It has not. But given how the pandemic, climate change, marketing costs, and now war have impacted trade, freight costs, and exports, the need to cultivate and nurture the domestic market has never been more significant. There's a need to nudge consumers towards better quality, higher price teas, and even speciality tea. What producers seek is one: can the consumers look beyond? What producers seek is one: can the consumer look beyond CTC and chai, and even if they must stick to CTC, can they aim for a better quality product? And two: how can we increase per capita consumption by at least 100 grams from the current 750 to 850 grams? There has been news of change brewing with the tea board of India finally saying they will no longer be a regulator but instead become a body that will market and promote tea. It's a return to the board's original mandate, lost along the way and resurfacing now due to producers' continuous demands. The tea board's challenge will be to address India's complex market. And there have been lessons from the past in the rise of packaged and branded tea. In the 1980s, television emerged As a mass media platform financed by consumer interest in packaged goods. In the 1980s, television in India emerged as a mass media platform. In the same decade, Tata Tea went from being a largely tea plantation-owning company into branded tea. And there have been lessons from the past in the rise of packaged and branded tea. In the 1980s, television emerged as a mass media platform financed by consumer interest in packaged goods. In the same decade, Tata Tea went from being a largely tea plantation-owning company into branded tea and they decided that since they had their own gardens, they could offer their own tea. In 1984, Bond, which was probably the most popular tea brand, certainly the oldest, joined Unilever, which had already acquired Lipton by 1977. In 1984, Bond, which was probably the most popular tea brand, certainly the oldest, joined Unilever, which had already acquired Lipton in 1977 and privately held Wag Bakri, based in Ahmedabad, Gujarat, grew to become India's third nationally distributed packaged tea brand. In 1985, Atul Astana, currently managing director, joined the Goodrick Group. The group was formed in 1978 and now owns 29 gardens in Darjeeling, Assam and the Duars. Some of the most pr- prized teas in the world come from the Goodrick portfolio, including Margaret's Hope in Castleton and Darjeeling. Goodrick had to diversify, says Atul Astana. At first, the company started packaging tea in 250 grams and 500 gram packets, with each garden keeping aside a percentage of production to go into retail. The market was North and East, East India. Gardens had a fantastic advantage for retail for going direct to consumer, and by bypassing the auctions, they could bring consumers a fresher tea. And this was already leveraged by brands like Lipton, whose tagline was direct from tea garden to the teapot. And it's surprising that more gardens did not take this up and aggressively brand and market the teas. The reason is that the wholesale market was robust. In the 1980s, a heyday for the tea industry, demand outstripped supply. As Astana says, everything that was being produced found a market. The Soviet Union absorbed all the tea produced in India and few gardens found a need to retail to a domestic market. But with the disintegration of the Soviet Union, the tea industry, which had expanded to produce large volumes of tea, now struggled. The share of exports declined, and the domestic market discovered tea. It was inexpensive, widely available, and a tea was a daily beverage that was easy to make and reasonably addictive. But before packaged teas, vendors sold loose-leaf and broken grades as blends customised to suit customer preferences. But what packaged blends offered and delivered was consistent taste, They were cleaner, they remained fresh in storage, they were more appealing and definitely more convenient. Sales increased during the 1980s and 1990s as preference for branded tea grew. Ultimately, a combination of factors, including higher disposable income, proliferation of television and other forms of advertising, and also the move towards trade liberalisation helped increase sales. The only hitch was that this market was still extremely price-sensitive. Stay tuned for part two next week when we speak to stakeholders in the Indian tea industry to explore the various marketing initiatives they have undertaken as we attempt to understand the problem and the way forward.
0: Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of t-biz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-biz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week.